0: Richard and Barbie, appreciate y'all so much. And don't forget these Faith Fest Flyers, Faith Fest Flyers, say Faith Fest Flyers really fast ten times in a row. But they are we have stacks of these out there in the foyer. Please take several if you own a business. Put them, uh, give them to your employees, uh, or if you have a re- access to a retail place, make sure that you got these out there available. But these flyers are for you to help get into the community, blitz your neighborhood or your apartment as well. Also, it's good to see Adrian Garza back with us. Yeah. We sent Adrian away. He helped with a church plant for six months. They had absolutely no worship ministry at all, and he was able to come in and, and build a worship team and everything. And then, then we, we, he, he decided to come back home. So it's good to see you back on the platform. Good to hear your voice again as well. Go ahead and get your Bibles open to the book of Exodus, chapter number 14. Exodus 14, verse 1. We're going to start there in just a second. Find that, hold your place there. Uh, just one other quick thing while you're doing that. If, you're a, if you are interested in being a sponsor of Faith Fest, your company or possibly you as an individual, please see me personally. There's also a form that you could fill out through the Faith Fest website. That's all, that's all available through our City Life app as well. So you can go right onto there and, uh, and click the Faith Fest and, and, and dive into that. But, uh, but if you're interested in being a sponsor, now's the time to let us know. We can get your name on the t-shirts and everything. Um, we got also as part of our remodeling project we have a bunch of furniture that's gonna be coming in over the next couple of weeks for the foyer. I'm excited for that and it's it's been a long time coming, some of the furniture's coming in. But as it comes in we have to get rid of some stuff. So there's some tables out there in the foyer that says uh like take me, take me away, or, I, or I'd like to go away. And if you're interested in one of those tables, there are three tables, all you have to do is there's a little table tin on it, just turn it over, write your name on it, and claim it. It's like you got to literally run out there and lay claim to it. No fighting, no pushing, no bloody noses. We, we will, no, we, we will not allow that, okay? But but those tables, they were given to us in our ministry, and so we freely receive, so we freely give. And if you would like one of those, you have to take them out by Friday of this week, or we'll find other people. Places for that. Okay, all right. Well, I'd, I'm now in the third part of a series called "The Power of Trust." The power of trust, and this is about trusting God. Uh, trusting God because whenever you trust God, it opens up the door for supernatural intervention you see if you don 't trust God, the supernatural intervention just isn 't going to happen so that 's what we 've been talking about for three weeks now and uh, and and some of you you 're facing some huge issues i mean some huge battles right now you're you're in situations where it just seems like it's insurmountable you're not even going to be able to break through and get to the other side well i'm going to encourage you again today to trust god that god is going to get you through and god's going to take you to that next place and it's going to be in his timing and in his way so today as i wrap this series up the title of my message is trusting god to fight my battles trusting God to fight my battles. Uh, God is omnipotent. We've learned that. Now, omnipotent means all-powerful. Places in the Bible where you say, see the words God Almighty, that means that's another way of saying omnipotent God. And that's, that's who He is. And, and the truth is, He can fight your battles. He can. Absolutely He can. In fact, there are several stories in the Scriptures of how God has done this. But the battles that we're facing are maybe not going to look like the battle I'm going to describe today in a natural sense, but kind of in, a, in, in reality, they may be like the battles you're facing right now. I don't know what kind of battles you're facing. Uh, it could be legal battles. You might be facing relational battles, financial battles. Maybe it's just demonic influence in your home, or, 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 or it could be like depression or some kind of an all-consuming emotion that you're not able to break out of. Uh, what is the battle that you're facing right now. I want you to identify it. What is the base battle that you're facing right now? Some of you can come up with 10 or 12. But imagine you just pick a battle. Pick a battle that you're facing right now. And let God begin to speak to you about it. What battle are you in where you feel hemmed in? And you feel like it's just insurmountable. You just really don't know how you're going to get to the other side of this. Well, I'm speaking to you today. In fact, it's not just me that's speaking. I believe God speaks through this. So, so we're, we're going to open ourselves up. To, and and I'm, I'm going to encourage you to do this. I'll just say right up front, the key line I'm going to be sharing today is to trust God to fight your battles. Is to be still and trust God to fight your battles. I'm you more about what that actually means. But, but get that into your heart. Be still And trust God to fight your battles. And and here's one of the things I want you to do. I want you to get some notes out. Get ready to write a few things down. Because I believe this is what God does in settings like this. God speaks to us. And we want to hear what God says. We want to write it down. We want to be able to apply it to our lives. And I have been praying that specifically today for two things. For God to give you strategies... And insights. I'll say that again. I've been praying for God to give you strategies and insights regarding what He wants to do to, as He helps you in fighting the battles that you're that you're dealing with. So in Exodus chapter 14, where we're about ready to look, just to give you a little bit of a background, God's people, they had been in slavery in Egypt, and they were serving under the taskmasters of the Egyptians. The Pharaoh was a pretty bad guy, and, and God had sent Moses to deliver God's people to get them out of the slavery that they were locked into. So God, God, uh, God sent Moses over there, and through a series of miracles and the plagues, many of you know about the ten plagues, uh, God, God delivered them from slavery, And Pharaoh said, enough is enough. You guys get out of my country. I don't want you around. And so they collected things. In fact, the Egyptians gave them all kinds of gold and all kinds of stuff just to say, take stuff and go. Take stuff and go. Get out of here. We don't want you around here anymore. So... They were they were leaving, and and uh, in all reality, the popu- the the number of people it's huge. Sometimes we think like it was 200 people in the wilderness, or 500, or maybe a thousand. No, I want you to understand this. It was almost it was probably somewhere around two million. People, did you hear me? Not, I'm not talking 2000, 20, Not even 200. I'm talking 2 million people. Do you know what the population is of Tarrant County? 2.3 million. So it's just about the number of people that live in Tarrant County, which is the what, the, the 13th most populous county in the United States. Can you imagine all the people just saying, "Okay, we're gonna get moving on, and we're gonna take our stuff and stuff." Now that's what they were dealing with. A big issue here, right? SO THESE PEOPLE HAD BEEN SLAVES. NOW THEY'RE, they're WALKING OUT OF TOWN. THEY'RE LEAVING. THEY'RE, they're LEAVING. The whole, IT was not, WASN'T JUST A TOWN. IT WAS A WHOLE REGION. AND they were, AS THEY WERE HEADING OUT, THEY WERE ABOUT TO FIND THEMSELVES IN A VERY, VERY TIGHT SPOT. Now they were happy. Hey, we're leaving. Yes, this is awesome. We're walking out of here. They're walking out singing, God, we love you. God, you're cool. God, you're the best. We're so happy. And then verse 2, verse 3. I mean, they were writing songs, singing songs. They were happy. They were just walking out of town, and it was so good, taking their goats and their cattle with them and all that kind of stuff, and looking at their gold rings and things that the Egyptians had given them. Exodus chapter 14, verse 1. The story continues. All right, take a look at it. It says, I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near pi Haroth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite baal Zephan. Now, you don't know where any of those places are right now. I've done this studying for you. Let me just tell you, it was a tight spot. It was a tight spot. He, he was, God was telling them to go to this place that was actually a path to nowhere. It was, it was absolutely, literally a dead end. Dead end. Continue reading. It says, And Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion Hemmed in by the desert. And God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. <laughs> so keep in mind, think, think through this with me. I want you to think intelligently. God is now um, setting up this strategy for them to be hemmed in. And it's actually part of God's plan to convince Pharaoh to go ahead and pursue them. Here, here, here's the truth. Sometimes you get freedom, uh, but the enemy is going to keep chasing you, and it actually might be part of God's strategy. It might even be part of God's plan to bring about a greater victory that you don't even understand. Some of you are there right now, all right? I'll keep reading. Come on, let's, let's keep reading. God says, but I will gain glory for myself, and that's important. I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Because oh, ultimately, God wants to make Himself known. God wants to show up in the scene. God wants things to be very obvious. I just worked a miracle here because ultimately God wants people's affection and attention to be on Him. Correct? Yeah. So, so uh, He set this up. And, and truth be told, uh, it's, it caused quite a bit of discomfort for God's people. Because sometimes discomfort comes along with the strategies that God gives you. Some of you are very uncomfortable right now. Because you said, isn't this a sermon about me getting uncomfortable? Getting uncomfortable? And didn't you just say, stand still and rest? And say? No, actually God wants you to be uncomfortable sometimes. Verse 5. Nobody's leaving, so that's good. Okay, verse 5. <laughs> when the king of Egypt was told, that's the pharaoh... That the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them, about having them leave, and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. I I like how they say that. We've lost their services. It was slave labor. What do you mean you lost their services? (laughs) And it's funny because even though he told them to go, he was like, we lost their services. This isn't good. So keep reading along. It says, so he had his chariot made ready and he took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt. So it wasn't just 600 chariots, it was the 600 of the best plus all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over them all. So in other words, it's a good-sized army. So the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. And I, and I like that word boldly because... That boldness is one of the things that the Holy Spirit gives to us. So when, when the Holy Spirit is active in, within our lives and is working in our lives, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, one of the benefits of that is boldness. In fact, we had our Holy Spirit workshop yesterday morning. Boldness is one of the things that comes your way. So that's why we should always ask God just continue to, to fill me and flood me with your spirit because God will give you boldness regardless of your personality. It's not a personality thing there. But so they were walking out in boldness. I mean, God's spirit was with them. But look at verse 8. The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near pi opposite baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. Now, it's good that they cried out to the Lord, but it also says they were terrified, which means at this point now the fear has entered in. It's, it's a good thing they cried out to the Lord, but the fear entered in. And some of you understand that. It's, it's like, oh, no, God, help me. And they're terrified, but, but they're not able to reboot themselves here. So, that, that, so we actually run into a problem situation because they began to complain. Look at verse 11. And then they said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us? Blaming Moses. (laughs) No, you walked out on your own, baby. All right. But what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? They, they went on their own free will, but they, they have adopted this victim mindset, and they found themselves in this really bad situation. So what they do, find yourself in a bad situation, you need to blame someone. Isn't that the easiest thing? We need to blame someone. So let's blame the boss, blame your spouse, blame God, blame the government, blame, blame, blame. That's so easy to blame, but it's a real cop-out. Well, that's what they started doing. Let's, let's, let's blame Moses. And then they said, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. Serve. I don't understand why they keep saying serve. It's forced labor, okay? But they're they're like candy coating this thing. Let us continue to be in bondage because we love being slaves. That's their attitude. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So they're comparing now. Comparing. Comparing. Look where we are now. Look where we were back then. Back then was better than where we are now, and we're very upset about this. Basically, it's that situation of saying when you are in a battle that my past situation, where things were a year ago, where things were six months ago, was much better than where I am now when I started obeying God. And in spite of God's power, in spite of God's intervention, in spite of God's deliverance, you still start looking back and saying it was so much better back then, so much better back. It was a whole lot better. Rebecca, I remember when we moved to this area, we, we had been pastoring a large church in Missouri, and we would had a wonderful ministry, but God said, leave it all, and I want you to go back home to the Metroplex. We came back, and, and we, we needed a place to live for a while didn't know where we were going to live, and, and uh, <laughs> we said, well, there's a, there's a friend of ours that, that has, a, has a house we can move into. We haven't seen that house or been in that house in 15 years. Don't, can't remember it very well, but it'll be a great place for us to hang for a while. And this was a little, it ended up being a little different than we remembered. It was a shack in the woods. And and it was literally a shack. Uh, there there was it was like no insulation seemed like, and, and it was horrible. It was an old nineteen twenties house that was and, and there there were there were there were snakes everywhere. I mean we would kill cotton out there. You'd have to if you walked outside during the night, you had to have a flashlight with you because you if you, you could easily step on a copperhead. Easily, easily. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Coyotes. We had cats. We had to have cats to keep the mice away. But then when you have cats, I mean, the coyote is like, hey, there's a meal. We actually had, So we had outdoor cats and we were allergic. She's allergic to cats, but we had them outdoors. And so so we had to have these cats, but we weren't. eventually you can't name the cats because, because they keep disappearing every couple months. And then it's like, there's cat number 17, cat number 18. And then someone says, hey, I got an extra cat. And it was an orange cat. We went, oh, that's not good. Need a little bit of camo here. That cat lasted one week. But that was where we were, and I'm telling you guys, I didn't like it. All of a sudden, it seemed a whole lot better when I was in a situation where I had a good income, where everything was nice, everything was fine, and we, were, we, were, we, we had our needs met. We had a house with air conditioning where the electricity bill didn't cost us $1,000 a month, and it was great. Wrong. God's, sometimes things get a little more difficult. So, so quit quit envying your past. Good, quit, in, quit. Oh, oh, that was so nice. No, it wasn't. Moses answered the people. So here's his response. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you only need to be still. Now, this is an incredible narrative and a AND I ENCOURAGE YOU TO READ FORWARD ON YOUR OWN. YOU CAN READ THE REST OF THE STORY. Uh, MOST OF YOU HAVE ALREADY SEEN THE MOVIES, SO yeah, you, YOU KNOW THE STORY, YOU'VE SEEN THE MOVIES, OR YOU LEARNED ABOUT THIS IN SUNDAY SCHOOL, So. So, but it, it is some incredible reading. I encourage you to do that. But the way that it does work out, in case you're not sure, is what God does. God works a miracle and causes like the chariots to start falling apart and everything. And God s- comes and separates the Egyptians from God's people with us this pillar of fire. And then Moses hears from God, and God said, you know, stretch your hands out over this this uh, this sea, the, the Red Sea, and your staff. And and he did that, and bam, the the waters parted. He didn't even know it was going to happen, and the waters parted and God said go through, it was dry land it was a miracle so 2 million people walked through on dry land while God held back the enemy and then Pharaoh's army started advancing after God lifted the pillar of fire and they thought well if they can go through the Red Sea we can too they started to go through and while they were in the middle of the Red Sea the water dropped on top of them killed every single one of them with the exception of Pharaoh who went back on his own with his tail between his legs to his mama now that is the story and it's a, it's a really intense story of, of how God provided, and it was God's deliverance. But let's go back to their setting. You see, Moses said this. He said, you're going to see the deliverance of the Lord today, and, and the Egyptians, you're never going to see them again. The Lord's going to fight for you. All you have to do is stay still. you know what? He had, he had not yet seen the movie. He didn't know what was getting ready to happen. He had God, read it for yourself. There was no truth. There was, there was no uh, revelation that was imparted to him regarding the next steps. It was simply a declaration of faith in God. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like where, where you, you feel, or you know, there's miracles right around the corner for you. But things are getting worse and they're getting worse and they're getting worse. You're hemmed in on all sides. But God wants to admonish you today. God wants to say this to you today. Get this in your heart. Be still and trust God to fight your battles. Be still and trust God to fight your battles. I mean, ask God. Ask God to bring specific revelation for right now, for today, right in the middle of where you are. So what is that battle? What is that battle that you want to ask God for revelation on? I mean, are, are you going to listen to the voice of the Spirit today? Or are you going to let this be a nice sermon? Say, oh, that was so nice. And this afternoon comes, like, what did the preacher preach about? I don't know, but he was sure was happy about that. Yeah, okay, great. It uh, didn't do anything. I want you to speak, think specifically. What well, is the battle that I'm facing, and ask God to download wisdom to you. Yeah. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. What is God saying to you through this passage of Scripture? There are several points I want to bring up in here. One is that it's never God's plan to panic. Panic never helps God out, panic has never made anything better. Like, you know, my situation a year ago was so much better than today. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, it was easier when I was an addict. I mean, things were so much better when I was all bound up in sin. I mean, this faith journey is, is, is tough. It's a waste. It's a disaster. I, I can't live like that. Stop that nonsense. Stop panicking. Stop. You, know, you need to stop panicking and start praising. Start beginning to praise God. Begin to that, That's one of the reasons why we have worship and praise at the beginning of the service. It's because a lot of times you've come in here grumbling and mumbling. and you know, We all do sometimes. Come on. I, 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 I have to get my heart right. That's why I'm up here like super early before anyone else. And I, I have to give, give it time to get my heart right before, I, before I'm even here. Because sometimes just things happen. And, and you can be grumbly and mumbly, but you begin worshiping God and praising God and shouting and singing praise to God. I love it because I get in my car and I say, God, I love you. Because, you know, nobody's going to hear me. And you know, people may look at me yelling, but they're thinking I'm just singing some song on the radio. And so I'm just like, God, I love you today. I put you first. This is going to be a day of victory for me. And it's going to be alongside you. And we're going to do this together, God. It's going to be a wonderful day. And you turn that, uh, that panic about what you're concerned about, into praise. Turn your panic into praise. Turn your panic into praise. I love you, Jesus. You're the best. That's that simple. And you may not like to sing. I do. But you may not like to sing. You don't have to sing a song. You can just yell it, say it out. Here's the second thing. Sometimes it's God's plan for you to wander a bit. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. But most of the stories of the patriarchs that we find in the scriptures, God would give them direction and it would be confirmed, but then they wandered. See, very seldom, very seldom does God give you a straight path from point A to point B. Very seldom. In fact, the children of Israel, when they, when they went into the wilderness, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. There was a really quick route they could have taken that would have taken may, maybe a couple of weeks, and, and instead they took the route that took them 40 years. Sometimes sometimes it's actually God's plan for you to wander for a little bit. And I know you don't like hearing that, but you need to hear that. You might be in a dry place. You, you, uh, but while you're there, don't react. Keep your faith alive. And some of you, you're in a place right now where you don't like your dog. You know, you don't like your spouse. You don't like your boss. You don't like your house. And it's just like, what? We Just quit complaining. And well, I'm just, I don't just don't like any of this. This is not fun. like, When did God ever promise that life would be fun? And then here you're, you're in this situation. Like, what am I going to do? Well, first of all, you need to stop whining and complaining. Hush it up. Your wandering is not going to last forever. And Another thing is going backward is not an option for you. It's not. The children of Israel, they could not go backward. Pharaoh and his army were there. You do that, they're going yeah, to put you into slavery, but it's going to be bad, 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 bad news going back that way. It's going to be a whole lot worse than it ever was before. So you know what? I, just allow me to be honest here. Stop fantasizing about how beautiful it is if you go backwards. Just stop. Stop those fantasies. It wasn't as good back there as you're thinking that it was. You can't go backwards. Leave the past in the past and move forward. Stop living your life looking into your rear view mirror. Because you do that, you're going to steer off the road. You're going to wreck everything. So what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I don't know. You kind of led me into a corner. That's the point. They're stuck in a corner. Alright. Exodus chapter 14 verse 13. Look back at that here's what happens. Moses says, do not, and we're going to break this down. Do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Now, again, keep in mind, they had no clue what was going to happen. They had not seen, they had not heard the Bible stories about this yet because the Bible hadn't been written. Moses was the one who was going to write this years later, but none of it had been written. There were no movies. They didn't even have phones to watch movies. They had nothing. They couldn't Google it. There was no, they did not know what was going to happen. So first of all, in the middle of not knowing what's going to happen, that first thing he says is do not be afraid. And I challenge you today, here's the first thing, resist fear. Number one, revi- resist fear. It's only going to quench your faith. See, if you have fear, that means that you're not trusting God. Because faith and trust work hand in hand. And if you have that fear, it, 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 it takes away your ability to really trust in God. Second, here's the second thing. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Don't Panic or get antsy. Remember, again, you can't go back there. There's bondage there. You can't lurch forward like, well, I just think uh, we're just gonna like swim across the, the Red Sea. Yeah, let's go. Get your bathing suits out. Let's swim. Like, no, no. You need to stand firm. Don't go to where you're gonna drown, and don't go back. Stand firm. The way you do that is through worship. It's simple. Worship, and it's prayer, and it's listening. This is where the body of Christ comes in. As we learned yesterday at the Holy Spirit workshop, part of the beauty of the body of Christ is God distributes all of these gifts to the body of Christ so that we can build each other up, so that we can be there for each other, so that we can share a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge and where we can receive healing and blessing. God does all of that stuff within the body of Christ when we're connected with one another. See, so if you're, if you're a churchgoer and all you do is go to church, but you're not interacting with the body of Christ you're missing out on a huge component because wisdom for where you are now, wisdom where you're, where you're moving toward, that destination God's called you to, wisdom comes from the body. Okay, here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. You will see God's deliverance. You will see God's deliverance. Now, you're going to see God's deliverance if you simply refuse to force your own agenda. The people who wanted to force their own agenda. But Moses is saying, No, you're going to see God's deliverance. And see, God's deliverance is better than any plan or strategy or deliverance in your idea that you may have any old day. So you, know, you will see uh, that if you, you, you get to see the, 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 the deliverance of God as long as you don't act foolishly, all right? You won't continue to be hemmed in. Here's the fourth thing the Lord will fight for you. Just be. Still. Just be still. And I'm talking about spiritual warfare. We don't fight against people, but we fight against the forces of darkness. Spiritual warfare, what it does is it allows God to be warring for us. And so we are going to be still. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write some stuff down here because here's where the revelation comes. What does be still mean? I, I did the research on this because I, I, it's like my intellect is saying it doesn't mean just like. It doesn't mean like, okay. It doesn't mean that I'm going to check out. So be still doesn't mean check out. If you do that, you're actually playing into the enemy's hands. All right? Don't space out. Don't act like, oh, nothing's going on. I'm, everything's fine. Oh, praise the Lord. I just, oh, we're, we're, we're doing good. See, that's the opposite. That's the opposite extreme, which is just, that's weird. A lot of Christians do that. It's just weird. Like, oh, everything's fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. i yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, my my leg isn't broken now. It's just a, it's just a figment of my imagination. I, I'm fine. I'm fine. i Oh no, I, I didn't just file for bankruptcy uh, because like you know, I, I'm stuck. I'm fine. That didn't happen. That's a bunch of ridiculous stuff, okay? And that's that thing of checking out. Do you like the voice I used? Right. I, I don't know whose voice that was. Who did that sound like? It sound like Mickey it sound Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Mouse. Well, Mickey Mouse? Well, Mickey Mouse wouldn't say that. <laughs> But don't go inward. Don't isolate yourself. Don't let the current take you wherever it wants to take you. That's the opposite extreme. No, you are to be still. Here it is. The Hebrew term for be still is charash. Say charash. Charash. Get ready to write this down. I want you to see this. Here's what charash means. It means to cut in It means to plow deep. It means to engrave. So you see, it's an engraving. It's it's a plowing deep. It means to devise. It also means to be silent, to be speechless to be deaf and to remain silent so you're not going to listen to what everybody else is saying around you well you're going to listen to the wisdom that comes from around you but the complaining and the fear you're not you're going to tune that out you're going to remain silent keep your mouth closed because the things that you continue to say that may actually counteract what God's going to do it's it's, it's kind of like this it's it's, it's like fly under the radar fly under the radar go deep quit living so shallow dig a trench go go deep go deep Because God has some good things for you right here. But you gotta gotta go deep. You are going to have to dig that trench. You need to stay there. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Because I've learned this. If a person is talking all the time, they can't hear what God is saying to them. Some of you, you excel in verbal skills. That's one of the things, one of the gifts God has given me. It's, It's a blessing. But I learned this a long time ago. Someone says you talk so much you don't listen. And that was like a the, one of the best slaps in the face I'd ever had. And so I, I, I began to adopt this thing of when I felt myself talking too much, I would bite my tongue. I can't talk like that. And, and it be, <laughs> literally, physically, I began to do that, and it opened me up to so much more of the wisdom and the, the blessing that was all around me. Chirash. go Go deep. Go deep. When you're stuck in that corner, when you're hemmed in, Do not go light on God's things. One of the biggest challenges that I have seen in a lot of people, this has been, the, the past, I'm telling you, the past 17 months have been one of the most challenging times in my life as a pastor. Now, there are a lot of personal things, but that's not, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about as a pastor because I've seen people hit some huge hardship and what they did is they checked out. They checked out. And The hardship is now hitting them even harder and harder and harder. I've seen people literally turn away from God. God wasn't there for me, so I quit. Quit everything. Quit. I give it up. It's not going to work anymore for me. What they did is they checked out of everything. Checked out of everything. I'm saying don't check out. Don't check out. Watch your mouth. Let the family of God speak to you. Family of God Minister to your situation Don't cancel God's plans Through your own mouth And your own negativity Listen Cherosh 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 here's my, here's my interpretation of it I put it into one sentence here It is be entrenched in your faith Be entrenched in your faith And silence your words Of panic anxiety and faithlessness. And if you don't see God's deliverance in the timing that you think it's going to happen, don't jump ship. Don't try to rush the process because the process might be protracted for a while. You don't understand God's timing. I don't either. But it's critical that we just simply obey. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going we're gonna to close today. And as we close today, we're going to Right before water baptism, here we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask you guys to pray a prayer with me. We're going to pray a prayer where this is the prayer of basically this: we're going to be still and trust God to fight our battles. Be still, trust God, trust God to fight our battles. But I'm going to I'm going to pray a prayer. And I haven't done this in a few. I did this about a month ago, but I'm going to ask you to just repeat some words after me, and trust me enough that I'm not going to lead you down some weird road here. But I want you to, to declare some things. The things that we're about to declare are simply the things that we said that I said in this sermon. And we're, we're going to declare some things. We're going to trust God. I'm asking every, everybody in this room, will you please stand with me? I want, you, I want you to put your trust in God. I want you to put your trust in God. Will you just focus yourself in with the Lord right now? Come on, just focus with Jesus right now. Get your focus on the Lord. Don't think about the things around you stir worry about it. just focus on the Lord right now and I'm going to give you a prayer and I want you to pray this and I'll provide this prayer to you with my notes this week and our study guide but I, but I want you to receive this prayer right now and I want you to declare it with me dear Jesus I trust you today with the battle I'm facing thank you that it is your battle I don't know what to do, but my, my eyes are on you. I refuse to panic. I will stop fantasizing about the past. I will quit complaining about where I am right now. You know what? We need to say that again. I will quit complaining about where I am right now. I choose to resist fear. It will not have a hold on me. I will stand firm. I'm not going to panic. I will look for the deliverance that only you can bring. I will let you fight my battle. Come on, say it again. I will let you fight my battle. I will be still but I will not check out. I will dig a trench and refuse to act foolishly. I will refuse to speak negative words. I think we need to say that again. I will refuse to speak negative words. I will resist anxiety and faithlessness. I will praise you, God. I will seek you. I will dig into your word. I will let godly men and women speak into my situation. I will allow the gifts of the Spirit in my church to minister to me. I will be still and I will trust you to fight my battle. Now, what I want you to do is I just want you to trust your battle into God's hand right now in your own way. I want you just to tell God, God. Here, here's my battle. Just tell it to him. Tell it to you. He, he knows what it is already. He's waiting for you to identify it though. What is that battle? What is that battle that you need to release to God? Just release it to God right now. So God, God, this, this battle. You don't have to say it loud for everyone to hear, but God, this battle, whatever it is, identify it. Say it. This battle, I put my trust in you in this battle. I'm putting my trust in you. I put my situation into your hands. Come on, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Repeat anything else that you've heard that God's been speaking to you. Maybe something from your notes, something that you need to speak and declare to God on your own, your own words. Come on, pray your own words to God right now. Pray your own words to God right now. Watch what God will do. See, God is custom-designing prayers in this room. Come on, pray, 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 pray. I, I, the bio, I can only look at the outward appearance. God says, man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And I want to, before we move into water baptism, but we have this wonderful moment of celebrating water baptism, you know. Uh, I, I want to make sure that nobody leaves here who is in bondage to hell. And you're not serving God. I don't want you to leave here without giving your life to Jesus Christ. Because what we're about to celebrate is a new life in Christ. You know what? It's more important that you do this than anything else. It really is. So, if that's you, Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life. There's sin in your heart, and there's this huge barrier between you and God, and you know that it's there, and you're ready for that to come down today. Now's the time to make that change. we everyone in this room, just please close your eyes one more time. Lock yourself in with God. The scriptures say we're going to examine ourselves. So what what's there? What's there? Do a self-exam. What's there? You need Jesus today? You need to make things right with Jesus? If so, at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand to me so that I can see your hand. And when I see your hand, I'm going to lock my faith in with yours and we're going to pray. And the miracle of salvation, the miracle of forgiveness of sin is going to happen today. If that's you today, before we have water baptism, would you just lift your hand at the count of three? One, two, three. Lift it up for me to see. Thank you. lifted your hand now is the most important thing that could ever happen really in your life pray this prayer with me In church congregation I want you to pray this with me as well as an encouragement to those who are giving their lives to Jesus today come on pray this out dear Jesus forgive me of my sin wash me in your blood make me a new creation today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know what? That is the best thing again that could happen today. In fact, will you guys will you guys honor those who have made that decision today? You did the right thing. You did the right thing. You have did you right discovered thing. your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education? Head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.